Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host of the Shine Online podcast and the CEO at Shine with Natasha, where I specialize in Instagram strategy and video storytelling. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know and share my best Instagram strategies with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no fluff advice, honest conversations, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. Thank you for being on the show today, Jessica. I am so excited to talk all about speaking. I'm excited. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. I feel like I've like been on your podcast and then we've gone live before. So I feel like I thought you've been on the show before, but you haven't. So it is way, way overdue. Can you introduce yourself if no one is familiar with you? Maybe they're just getting introduced to yourself and all the speaking things that you do. Yes. One, I'm just so pumped because I obviously, again, it feels like we've already done this because right. we, we've gone live. You've been on my show. We, we chat speaking and visibility and showing up all the time. So it just feels like we've already had this conversation, right? (laughs) But my name is Jessica Razzle. I'm the public speaking strategist for entrepreneurs. I've spent the last 16 years traveling the country and speaking and sharing my own story. And for about the last seven or eight years, that sounds really weird to say, I've partnered with small business owners to help them figure out when you reach that point in your business where you're ready to show up and like start being the face of your company, what should you speak about? How do you craft your talk? And how do you do this in a way that continues to grow the business you've worked so hard to build without it being another thing on your plate that is just like taking away time, space, energy? Yeah, absolutely. And I I love your approach because you go from it from a strategic, I am growing my business point of view. And I often feel like when we think of speaking, there's like a lot of things we automatically think about in terms of, okay, your personal brand, you're maybe going to add a book deal in the mix. Like we, we have so many assumptions and none of those are bad, but I think a lot of business owners don't realize that it can benefit you right here and now. That's why I love your approach. And I feel like that's why we have to start with like what is a stage, right? Because I think we think it has to be one thing, conferences, big stage in front of a hundred people, but it is actually a lot of different things. So can you break that down for us? Absolutely. And, you know, like having this conversation a few years ago, I felt like I really had to convince you guys of this concept. And now, I mean, you're here for this, <laughs> and, right? You know, again, you're just exactly like you said, so often we hear the word speaking and we immediately for a lot of us, like our chest gets tight, our hands get sweaty. We immediately think like that's for somebody else, not for me. I'm not there yet. And we think main stage, giant conference, thousands of people. But I really want you to think about speaking as simply anytime you show up as this brand business, whatever you have, and you are speaking to your audience, you are speaking on behalf of your company in a way that represents yourself on brand. And you're leaving your audience better than you found them. Like 
period. Like that's it. There doesn't have to be some big sob story. You don't have to teach them A to Z. You simply need to show up and create an experience that is going to be in alignment with the same experience they have when they're in your Instagram DMs, when they get your newsletter, when they're in your programs, like this is an extension of the work you're already doing. It's just a way that you can show up and meet people where they are instead of asking them to come find you on your corner of the internet. And I think once we start to shift our focus of what speaking is to a way for us to go out and find our people where they are, then the way we show up feels just a lot easier and a lot more genuine. And we're not trying to be some persona on the stage that we think we need to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like when I even realized that shift, like, oh, like, me going live, me doing this podcast right now, like this is all speaking to an audience. And when we have that shift, we realize that it's a lot more accessible to people that don't fit within what we think a speaker has to be and that we can really carve out that own space as a business owner. And you are a coach inside my Instagram authority mastermind. And I remember your session everyone's mind was like blown when you broke down kind of the different goals you can have as a speaker, because people thought, well, I don't really want to speak at conferences or I don't really want to do whatever it is. And then you really broke it down where you're like, wow, like this can like really grow my business in a really big way. So can we talk about like, what are those goals that speaking can help us achieve as business owners, as we continue to like grow and scale our brands? Yes. I'm so nerdy. Like I I should disclose just that I need to just disclose it now. So you're not like, what is wrong with this girl? But I am like a hard, if you're into Myers-Briggs, I'm an INTJ. Like I, like you need to make it make sense for me. <laughs> like my job all day long is taking somebody's complicated concept, like their process behind the scenes and figuring out a way for them to be able to share that with an audience who knows nothing about it in a way they can grasp it quickly. So I like to break things down and organize little things. Which I love. (laughs) When it comes to speaking, like as business owners, our businesses, our brands, our missions are not all going to be the same. We all have a unique approach for what we do and how we deliver it to our audience. Whether that means we are, you know, a content creator, we have digital products, we have one-on-one coaching, done-for-you services, agencies, like I could go on and on and on. And That means the way that we fit speaking into our business needs to fit our business model and our unique goals. So there's so many different things you could do and so many ways you could use speaking. But at the end of the day, most of us are looking to reach or achieve three different outcomes of speaking. The first is that we're looking to increase credibility, brand awareness. You know, we want to be seen as the go-to expert in our industry. We want to be like, anybody asking me about Instagram, I'm sending them to Natasha, like no questions asked. Like she does not need to do this kind of speaking, but maybe you're at a place where you are like launching your business for the first time. Maybe you were part of this huge, like you left corporate when everyone did and you've gone out on your own, you've started your own business, but you're like, you know, I'm really good at the work I do, but I'm my industry's best kept secret. I need to show up and I need people to see me as the authority. I want to increase my referral rate. 
then that's your focus. Your focus is building credibility, raising brand awareness. And if that's where you are in your business, the most important thing is to be very selective about what you talk about. So if I'm Natasha and I want to be seen as this expert on showing up on video and on Instagram, I'm not going to go on podcasts and talk about bookkeeping, right? Like, or something. Definitely not. Not my (laughs) next podcast tour. (laughs) It's just not going to make this, not helping people see you as that industry expert. So you have to be really, really selective about the topics you say yes or no to. Mm. I also like to think of this as pre-launch speaking. If you like get early nitty gritty and you don't necessarily have a product or service that you're ready to put in someone's hands right now, but you're working on it. Maybe you're working on creating that new course you were been putting off or you've been writing that book. It's not ready to be released, whatever it is. This is the type of speaking that is like your launch runway. You're doing this to ramp things up before you actually ask them to buy. The second type of speaking, which I'm sure we can now know is going to be that launch speaking, but it's a little more strategic. This is the type of speaking where you're looking for conversions, sales, leads, new signups, something that you can measure very tangibly. And this tends to be for somebody who does have specific products or services that they want to sell to customers. So whether that's a course, a book, one-on-one coaching done for you services, like I could go all day here, but you physically have something where you want somebody to sign up and say, I want to be a part of that. Or you want them to like hand over the card and join now. If that's what you're looking for, if your biggest priority is new customers, new clients, more sales, I want you to be laser focused on speaking in front of the right audience. You could spend hours and hours creating an amazing presentation, creating this great live stream, creating this awesome interview. But if you deliver it in front of people that that offer was not designed for, I'm sorry, it's just not going to work. It doesn't matter how great your talk is. Like you've got to give it to the people who you designed it for. And then the third type of speaking, this is really for a revenue stream. So if you've reached a point in your business where you've already built the reputation, you've already got conversions coming in and your main focus right now is that if you're going to show up and deliver this presentation that you're going to be paid for your time doing it, you don't care as much about the conversions on the back end. Then for you, you just need to get crystal clear on What audience can you deliver the most value to who has the budget to bring you in and how can you deliver over the top? So they rebook you and refer you. You don't want to get in a cycle of chasing down leads. You want each presentation to sell your next one. And I think once as a business owner, once you see that these are not all the same path and these stages are not created equal, that you can look at each opportunity that comes across your desk really through this lens of, Am I doing this for credibility, for conversions, or for cash flow? And that allows you to know what to say yes to, what to say no to, and how to approach each of them individually. Mm, I love that breakdown so much. Every time I'm like, wow, that is so good. That like I haven't already heard it because it's just, it's so powerful and it's such a like, wow, okay. This gives you so much clarity on like how this can actually be beneficial. And I feel like this naturally brings on the like rates conversation, right? So obviously that third tier, like we're trying to make money for our time, effort, expertise. It's a revenue stream. 
But when we're in that pre-launch and launch type of speaking, what is your perspective there? Like, do we do a few for free and then we start asking a rate? Do we negotiate on other things? Like, I feel like this is like where a lot of people struggle too. Like, do I charge? Do I not charge? What's your perspective? This is such a great question. And I think you're right. It comes perfect after this because looking, understanding the three different like paths you could be taking helps eliminate a lot of the emotion from this process because otherwise we're looking at an opportunity and like those thoughts come up, at least they come up for me of like, who am I to do this? Am I good enough, successful enough, smart enough, whatever word enough to be on this stage or to command this price or whatever. And when we can check all of that at the door and simply say, okay, this is a credibility presentation, a conversion presentation or a cash flow presentation, we start to look at it through that lens. Speaking pricing is all across the board. Let me just make that really clear. Even in tier three, a paid engagement could be a $5 engagement. It could be a $50,000 engagement. It's all across the board. But what I want you to really think about is every single opportunity you do, no matter if it's your first one or your 1000th one, needs to have an even exchange of energy between you and that host or there's going to be a problem. And I'm telling you that from experience. (laughs) Now, what that exchange might look like could be all different things. I'm going to give you some examples, but trust me here. If it feels off balance, if you feel like you are giving too much for what you're getting in return, there's going to be some resentment on your end and you may not give your best performance. Or the flip side, if a host feels like they're giving you more than you delivered to them, which I don't think I've ever felt that one. But, right. right. I don't think that's a problem. Like <laughs> as entrepreneurs, we usually over deliver. But if that happens, you're not going to get rebooked or referred, right? There needs to be this even exchange where everybody feels like I'm walking away feeling really good about this. So I also want to clarify that any one of those tiers, one, two, or three can be paid. You can get paid for visibility speaking. You can get paid for conversion speaking, but I just want to make sure you're going into that knowing like your biggest goal is to make a conversion or is to be seen as credible. It's not just to get paid, but you can 100% get paid for them. Now, when it comes to the pricing side, you really need to consider who is booking me and what are they booking me for? Because very often with speaking, we get in our own head. We only see things from our perspective. And if you can just take a second to pump the brakes and put yourself in the organizer's shoes, you're going to get a lot of insight on the pricing. So if somebody is booking you to speak and it is like a solo business owner asking you to speak at an event that they are hosting, maybe it's a free event and there's 50 speakers, you guys, there's no budget for you. Like we just need to know that out of the gate. (laughs) Like there's no budget for you. Or if you're speaking at an intimate retreat, a high level event where people are spending, you know, thousands of dollars to go and there's three speakers, you should expect to be getting paid for your time there, right? Like you really need to look at where is the money for this event coming from and how many people is it being split between? Like that should give you more information than you need. Now I'm going to, I'm going to add an asterisk here that hosts are not created equal. And just because there's a lot of money coming in for that event doesn't mean the host has allocated a speaker budget. And I say that in my stomach turns, like I can just literally feel my stomach turning as I say that, because it makes me so uncomfortable, but people are not created equal. And there's two things here. 
one, you can take the time to try to educate the host on what you are bringing to the table, how much time and energy and work has gone into the presentation. And more importantly, what the audience is going to get out of it, what the difference is going to like, what transformation you're providing in that room. And some hosts, they just don't know. And when they see that, they're like, okay, let's work together. Like, what do you need from me? What's your normal speaker fee? And you can work this out. Other hosts are just trying to get somebody to work for free. I cannot believe I just said that. I'm sorry. Okay. So some hosts are really just going to try to get someone to sell tickets for them. Like it's, it's just how it is. Right. Is they think if I can get some speakers here who are experienced to have a big name, have a big following, I can, I would put money. We haven't even talked about this, but I would put money that people have reached out to you and said, Natasha has X number of followers on Instagram. I want her to speak on my lineup because then she's going to promote it to all of her followers and they're going to buy tickets for me. Mm-hmm. And it's sad, but some hosts operate that way. And you as a speaker have to advocate for yourself and be able to look at these events and say, is this going to be an even exchange of energy? Like, that's the question to ask, not, are they a good person? Are they a bad person? It's like, none of that matters here, but am I going to get from this event what I'm putting in? And what you might get could be, I'm not going to say exposure because exposure doesn't pay the mortgage and like that you can't measure that, but sometimes relationships with the other speakers is incredibly valuable. Sometimes marketing assets like video footage, professional photos, that might be incredibly valuable to you if you're getting started. I mean, it costs a lot of money to hire somebody to come film for you. So if you can get that done for free in front of a huge audience, like that's so valuable. Um, sometimes it's, there's all different things somebody can do to sweeten the pot for you and like make it worth it for you. But if it ever feels like this is not a two-way street, do not feel obligated to say yes. There are more than enough stages out there for you. And there are places where you will feel valued and welcomed and taken care of. And those are the stages where you are going to perform at your best. When you feel loved on and supported, you shine. Yeah. And I'm oh just going to like get off my soapbox. I'm sorry. No, the soapbox <laughs> like- is absolutely needed because I have experienced it all. Definitely people saying, hey, will you speak for free and send it to your email list and post it on Instagram? And it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause I feel like I've noticed that being a speaker feels very similar to like the brand partnership side of my business. Like there's so much negotiating and there's so much leverage and a bigger audience like myself. And even if you have a smaller audience, I think you still have value. And we were, we were talking about this before we started recording around, you know, I had some travel issues, the latest speaking engagement, it was 100% worth it. An incredible event for a lot of those goals and reasons we already talked about, but, um, energetically I was tired. I couldn't work while I was traveling, while I was speaking, there's all those things that we don't really think about when we're speaking, especially when travel's related, when there's so much prep for like a custom talk. And that's not even including things like promoting events, which I'm sure we, everyone already knows how we feel about that. <laughs> so <doing> yeah, <laughs> no, pretty much, pretty much. And so, yeah, I feel like this is so helpful and really empowering to people and knowing like you can like just being enough that you can feel good showing up energetically for the expertise and knowledge that you're bringing 
is, is worth advocating for. It's worth saying, I deserve to be paid this because of X, Y, and Z. And people will surprise you. People will surprise you, which I'm sure we could talk all about our, our stories on this, but people will surprise you when they say they have a $0 budget and then they come back with a four figure budget. I'm like, how did, how did we get there? But (laughs) yes, but with that, I do want to like, add an asterisk here that when I'm telling you to advocate for yourself and to get, get that, get that speaker fee, like get it. I'm not saying get it without doing the work. Yes. Like presentations are not created equal. Don't manipulate a host and make them feel bad and try to get this big fee and then not show up and be the speaker they paid for. Like again, two way street. So make sure you're putting in that time. It's really, really hard to have a conversation with a host and to confidently say, this is my fee. This is what you're going to get. If you don't know their audience, if you don't know what's going to go into that presentation, but if you've been doing the work, if you've been behind the scenes, showing up, serving your clients, pouring into your audience without a stage given to you, like if you've been showing up on Instagram stories, if you've been doing all those things, then you already know. You already know the difference that you make. Like, look at your receipts, look at your DMs, look at the testimonials people give you. And that's going to show you exactly what kind of difference you're going to make from the stage. Lean into the proof of the work you've already been doing. Even if it's your first time stepping onto a stage, that impact you're making, it's just going to be amplified. But if you're like not doing anything, okay, (laughs) if you're just... Please don't go around and say, but Jessica told me I could go yes, no. get this big fee. That's not what I said. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure we're clear. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like I just naturally think about that synonymously with Instagram content. One of your stages is like by understanding your audience and what they need and creating content that's not just regurgitating or copying and pasting or posting the same thing over and over again, like by actually putting care and attention into the content presentation, talk, workshop, session that you're doing and really understanding the person you're speaking to. That also helps you with all the goals that you mentioned, right? Like how are you supposed to have really great brand awareness? How are you supposed to convert people from your talks? If like, you're just throwing it together last minute and not even running through it and not making the changes needed and not really thinking about who you're even speaking to. Right. And I think we've all even felt that at events. Like we felt where we could tell a speaker really did that extra effort and due diligence and making sure we had a really great session versus someone that just like rinses and repeats it over and over and over again. So I do think that is a really important point to make. And that's why you get so many speaking requests, Natasha, because you, from a mile away, you can see like how you care for your audience, how you know exactly where they are, the time and heart you put into everything that you create and like organizers see that it's not just because oh she knows instagram like that's not why you're getting all the requests you're getting it's because you can see the heart you put into things totally and i feel like all uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) thank you jessica but i agree like i think even like with like podcasts and everything like people aren't just looking for someone to talk about instagram to talk about speaking like people are looking for more 
whether it's energy or a different perspective or like the care that you mentioned. Um, so I feel like that like is also empowering in itself is like, yeah, there are tons of other big name people that could be speaking on Instagram. Like, why would I even be speaking? But we all have our own unique perspectives and stories and energy with our delivery and everything along the lines of that. Are you ready to step into your role as a true authority in your industry and really build your expertise to attract dream opportunities like speaking on stages, being on your favorite podcast, and really connecting with your ideal clients through successful launches? If this sounds like exactly what you need through this stage of growth and scaling for your business, I would love to invite you inside the Instagram Authority Mastermind, which is a three month mastermind to really help you grow and scale your Instagram strategy and your business. We talk about getting paid speaking engagements. We talk about how to create your own stage by really diversifying your content, doing your own summits, how to really master your Instagram launch content, sales, and really what shifts do you need to make on your Instagram to really make all of this happen? So you'll be coached by me through our monthly curriculum calls. You'll also have a community of women doing the exact same thing to support you and cheer you on and network with. And I've also rallied up the best authorities in the industry to be your guest coaches inside the program. It is such an incredible experience and I would love to invite you to apply. Be sure to check out the link in the description and I hope to see you inside. Now on to the rest of the episode. I want to talk more about the launch side of speaking, because obviously we, we probably know that like some events say no pitching, which probably would mean, I, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on that probably means it would fall under the other goals, but what is your approach with like doing a quote unquote pitch or selling during a talk, but making sure that it's still a really great standalone session? And also maybe talking about how, when we're doing those types of talks, we could be reaching people that are like completely cold in a way. So like, what is your approach with that? So let's talk about like the sales side of things. Cause that's where it gets. This is my favorite. (laughs) This is my favorite because selling on from the stage is not selling. Okay. It's not selling at all. And if somebody's promising you like sales from the stage, it's probably really slimy formula Mm -hmm. that they're like giving you that old hour long webinar where you share some photos in front of your Lamborghini, right? Like that's not what we do from the stage, but you can, I mean, I have students who get like 97 to hundred percent conversion rate. Okay. And they're not hard selling, but you cannot sell from, I can sell from any stage. First, I just say that, tell me not to sell and I'm going to get clients. It doesn't matter. I can sell from any stage without selling, but that's only because I will take the time to know my audience, know, and I will interview the host and I will ask all the questions and I will stalk some of these attendees on Instagram, hundred percent going to do it telling you now, (laughs) um, because I want to know where they are. I want to know the before, the before the event, right? What is their before state? Where are they right now? What are they going through? What are they struggling with? And I will say that what makes this really effective is having a clear understanding of your customer's journey in your own business, your unique business, not mine, not the person next to you, your knowing your buyer journey. Like where are people before they're even problem aware before they ever know they need to work with me. So when I real nerdy, like when I'm figuring that out, 
before I figure out where am I speaking? What am I speaking on? I have a couple of talks like banked and ready to go. And each one of those talks meets my audience at a specific part of the customer journey. Yay. Mm. Like super nerdy. I'll tell you that's exactly how it is. So if my customer is not ready to start speaking, they're not, they don't, they're not aware that they need this yet. We're going to talk about storytelling figuring that out first, because that's what they're worried about. If they are more focused on conversions and launch speaking, we're going to talk about scaling your business with speaking. Like I have separate talks banked to meet them where they are. Mm. And then, so I want you to think about that. The same presentation you would deliver to somebody who's ready to buy today is probably not the same presentation you would deliver to somebody who needs more warming up. Can you warm them up in that room? Yes, but it's probably a different topic. Mm. So with that, in each of those presentations, I'm going to take them through four areas in the talk. I can't just jump to the sale, right? I need to hook them in, in the beginning and make sure they actually listen. And they're not, you know, scrolling TikTok during my presentation. Cause that's what I do now. And <laughs> two, the second thing I'm going to do is build my case. That is probably the largest section of my talk. It's not the selling. It's not the teaching. It's helping my audience understand that there is either a problem that they want to fix or something that they can achieve. Most of us in our presentations are asking our audience to do something they've never done before, whether that is to change something they're currently doing or do something they've never done. That could be investing in a cause that's important to us. It could be doing something in their business, in their personal life. We could be asking them to purge their home of the bursting closets. It doesn't matter what the topic is, but we're typically asking our audience to do something that's uncomfortable and there's no way they're going to do it or even care about the steps to start doing it if they don't believe this is something that they actually need to fix or do. So the biggest part of the talk is going to be spent on building a case. And then I'm going to actually serve from the stage, which means I'm going to help them overcome any objections they might have, show them that this is possible for themselves. And I'm going to give them those first steps for them to have a transformation. So I'm not going to teach them A to Z. I'm not going to like try to like build an entire house here because that's just going to overwhelm them. But I want to help them take that first step. And then I'm going to leave them that final part of the talk is like leaving a lasting impact. Once they've, they decide they want to listen to me, they realize this is something they want to do. I help them take that first step. If we just like walk off the stage, we're stopping the transformation right there. And so much of our impact from speaking happens after we leave the room, after the presentation is done. So one of the most important parts of your talk is at the very end helping them know what to do afterwards, like giving them their next steps. That's what makes a difference. Like that's what creates a ripple effect. That next step might be to work with you. It might not, but if you can show up and help them get started when they are ready, whether that's today, tomorrow, or three years from now, you are the first person they are coming to no questions asked. Mm. That is so powerful. And like, we just like built out our talk, essentially, like you walked us through like, yeah, wow, it's like simple. <laughs> Hello, bam. <laughs> and is, is it really that easy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it really that easy? I love that. And I feel like that makes speaking just so much more intentional and strategic. And even I was thinking about the talk that I just did at social media marketing world. I, I saw that I got a speaking inquiry from it. Woo. Um, awesome. And she was specifically saying, I have already implemented the strategy you had and I had this result. 
Yes. So that I feel like I'm like, wow, I, I did that. Is Jessica going to so be proud good. of me? I'm so proud. <laughs> but look, I want you to think about your people, especially if you're somebody who is, if you're speaking to an audience who's not yet ready to buy, I think that's where we get the most tripped up yeah. of like, oh, I, I can't just move them into this thing. But I, I like to think of like, what's the prerequisite to your course, to your program, to your coaching? Start? What do you want them to have done before they work with you? just help them do that thing. Like you're yeah. getting them one step closer to working with you. If you help them get that thing done first. Mm, that is just so powerful. I love it. I want to talk about, okay, so let's say you're implementing some of the things I teach in my mastermind. You're killing it on Instagram and people are like in your inbox. Like I want to hire you to speak. I want to have you on my podcast. What questions should we be asking before we say, yes, I'm really honored and really excited, which I know I have been guilty of in the past. Cause like, it needs to be a back and forth. We need to negotiate. We need to talk about some things. What are the things we even need to know? Cause I feel like that often trips people up when they're first starting to get some inquiries. Absolutely. That is so good because so often it is, we make these decisions out of emotion. Like, let me just say yes. And I will tell you that visibility without intention or without a plan is like fast track to burnout city. Yeah. And I want you to be visible and I want you to reach all the people, but I want you to reach the right people because yeah. like every hour is invoiceable. You don't have time for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so when I get an inquiry, I, the first thing I want to know is who's the audience. Like that's the most important piece for me. Cause that's a quick rule it out, not rule it out. Like Yep. I'm trying to think of a good example who wouldn't need me, but these days I'm kind of like, everybody needs Everyone. me. No, but, <laughs> you know, like if I'm selling dog food, I don't want to speak at a cat conference. Right. Right. So getting really clear of like, are these my people? I want to know the dates, times, all of that stuff. That's like probably the first thing I ask because yeah. that's like no emotion. Like, am I available or not available? Then I want to know about the audience. If this is an event where I am not the only speaker, I need to know who else is going to be at this event period. Like point blank. that, that is a question I never used to ask. And it wasn't until the first lineup came out and everybody looked like me that I was like, I can't promote this. I already agreed to promote this. I already signed a contract for this. Yeah. And it's like, you have to know out of the gate what you're getting into because you I think about it like this. Imagine if you're on a lineup and your face is next to somebody who is the embodiment of everything you despise, right? Like the person you would never associate with, but yeah, now your face is plastered next to theirs everywhere on the internet. doesn't matter if you've never spoken to this person outside looking in now, your entire audience thinks that's your business. See? Yeah. I can't, like, I can't. Or if you're speaking at an event that is the exact, does not hold the same values that you do. Yeah. And they're not like, it is, a whitewash conference. And here you are telling your audience that you make space for everyone and that everyone is welcome, but everybody does not look welcome. Mm -hmm. You had an opportunity to ask and didn't like, that's one of the first questions. I know everybody's like the budget question comes first, but are my people in the audience and are my people on the stage? And if yeah. those two boxes are not a yes, you don't even need to know about the budget. Like that yeah. doesn't come till later. Don't waste your energy going back and forth on budget if it's not a room you want to be in. So it's what I like to do is keep essentially a canned response in my DMs and in my inbox. So there's no emotion of in case that information hasn't been provided to me, like 
I'd love to know about the audience and the other speakers before I ever ask about the budget. And then we can have that conversation. Cause like, I just don't have the energy to go back and yeah. forth with you oh, on no. the price. If it's not even something I want to be a part of. Totally. Yeah. Oh, that is so important. And I think even for myself, I admittedly have been excited to be the only sometimes. And I think we need to normalize that. Like you need to tell me who else is speaking for numerous reasons that you already mentioned. And I think that is just so important. So I love that you mentioned that part. And I feel like those are really simple questions to ask. It makes like negotiating and having those conversations really easy. And I feel like even just what we talked about with goals makes it so easy to know what really are you prioritizing? If you're like in tier one or tier two, then like going back and forth about budget might not be your priority. It might be like, well, can I actually talk about this topic? You want me to talk about this, but can I talk about this topic that I know your audience would be interested in different things like that? So I feel like that's really helpful. And I want to talk about the, the, like the elephant in the room with speaking nerves, like people, I get so nervous. Do nerves ever go away? Is there a way to embrace them? <laughs> is there a way to work through them? What is your take when you're, when someone's like, I can't do that. I'm nervous. I'm, I don't feel confident. What's your take on that? They're cute. They didn't go away, but, but there's things you can do. <laughs> like I'm a right. raging. That's introvert. all we need. Like I get so anxious about this stuff. Um, but I will say there's two things. One, and I know you're not going to like this answer guys, but practice makes confidence. Yes. The more, the more <laughs> My favorite annoying you, answer. I know it's, you know, it's coming. I'm sorry, but I'm not. The more you do this, the, like it literally just flows out of your mouth. Like you don't even think about it. Like it just, you know, exactly what to say. You have like, I call it like you have sound bites in your head. Like you just yeah. know at that point, but if you are constantly writing a new presentation, starting from scratch, every time mm. it's always going to feel new and it will forever be stressful and nerve wracking. Yeah. Get your signature talks, get them done. If you need to update sections, I get that, but have your main flow there. But for me, like you have to create a pre-presentation routine. Like you have to, you have to like condition and train your body that it's time to perform. I wasn't, I'm not a theater kid. I never did any of that stuff. I don't know. Like that's not my thing, but I've had to like, understand that there is this level of performance when you speak, you are elevated, you are on, you're not just reading words off a paper, piece of paper or, you know, going through slides, like you are delivering this in a way that is true to you, but also entertaining to your audience. And that requires a lot of energy. And if you're an introvert, like it is exhausting. Yeah. It's like really exhausting. Yeah. So that means like nothing is scheduled before the event. Nothing is scheduled before. And then I'm going to take my time that I'm going to listen to the same playlist. I always listen to that. I'm going to like, just be this creature of habit that I am. And it like starts letting me know time to show up. Like you're doing your thing. If I'm speaking in person, I do this thing might think it's a little weird, but it's okay. <laughs> but I know, I know myself I've spoken hundreds, if not thousands of times. And I know the first few minutes on the stage are the worst. Yeah. Like my voice will shake. I'm going to tremble. I hate them. Once I'm over the hump, I'm fine. And I'm going to crush it. Yeah. Those first few minutes are so nerve wracking. 
So I really started to help myself like shift and reframe those first few minutes. So if you ever see me at an event doing this, now you'll know what I'm doing. Before anybody comes in the room, whether like if I'm speaking in the middle of the day, I'll just do it early in the morning. If I'm the first speaker, I'll do it before whatever. But I go onto the stage when nobody's in the room, attendees, there's definitely going to be other people in the room. And I figure out where I'm going to start my talk from, like physically on the stage, where will I say my first words? Am I going to be on the side? It's going to be in the middle, like physically, where am I going to stand to start the talk? This is so weird. I'm sorry. And I like stand there for a minute and I just like have a moment to really think about the audience, think about who they are, what they need from me. I reflect on like what I'm going to give them the difference is the impact, like really visualize the impact that's going to be made in that room. And like, just take a moment to be grateful, be grateful for the opportunity to pour into them, um, that they like, like magic is about to happen. Like it's huge. It's not about me, right. Taking that moment to shift onto them. And like, I'm going to show up for them because I know that how this will impact them so that when it is time for me to go on the stage, I'm going to stand in that exact same spot. And now I have associated that spot with impact and with gratitude and with making a difference. I haven't associated that spot with like a bunch of strangers staring back at me. What are they going to think of me? Like all of these other ridiculous things that I will think. And that really helps me just like stand there, take a deep breath and start from that place. And if you can hold that space for yourself, whether it's in person or virtual, just a moment to really get focused on why you're giving that talk, it's going to shift your energy completely, but you still got to practice. Yes, yes, (laughs) definitely practicing. And I feel like, I mean, I just can't help but think of it with Instagram. Like when people ask me to speak on anything revolving video or reels, I genuinely think I could just like completely black out on stage, which is very possible. And like things would come out and they would make sense. Like, yeah, it, it really shows the power of practicing. And I love the, the ritual and like the self-care and just grounding your energy. I feel like we can like apply that to even like small things like going on your first live, which I know can have very similar like experiences for people or even like hopping on a podcast interview. Like if it's a really big podcast and you're like, Oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm going to freak out over this. So, um, I feel like it like gives us the grace to like feeling these emotions is okay. It is normal. It is like very human, but like, how can we, we, we help ourselves through it so we can make the biggest impact, which I feel like I I love that you shared your own ritual there. So (laughs) thanks for being nerdy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I feel like if you're not getting a little nervous or anxious, I don't know, like you, you should, you yeah. should be getting a little, ang- you should be a little uncomfortable because that's when you're stretching yourself. That's Absolutely. when you're, you're doing something bigger than you. And like, that's where the, the most magic is going to happen. So get uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I have just loved this conversation so much. Thank you for sharing all your wisdom around speaking strategies for business owners. I already know if no one, if you're not driving that you probably took a lot of notes and you're feeling inspired to step on that stage. So Jessica, definitely let us know where we can connect from you, where we can learn more from you, all, all the links and socials and podcasts and everything. 
Yes. So I'm always in my DMs. So come shoot me a message on Instagram. I'm at Jessica Rasdall. If you love speaking stuff and you want to nerd out about another podcast, you can always listen to the Speak to Scale podcast. Natasha's been there. And I literally send everybody to that episode whenever they're like, tell me about Instagram. But no, I'm not going to do that. But you can go listen to this. (laughs) Um, And if you're somebody who's trying to figure out where do you fall in this mix, should you be focused on credibility or conversions? I would say go to howtostartspeaking.com. Really easy to remember. And just answer 10 questions. This quiz is going to tell you what path you should focus on right now. And based on that, where to find events, what you should be speaking at, it's going to give you like a custom plan based on your business. And I feel like that's your best first step. You don't need to like go all in and change your business, but it'll show you what to focus on right now that's complementary to what you're already doing. Love it. We will leave that link in the show notes. Thanks so much. This is so fun. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you loved the gem shared. Be sure to check out any of the important links I mentioned in the episode show notes. Don't forget to follow the show to be the first to know when our next episode airs. If you loved what you heard, I'd so appreciate it if you left us a review as it really helps support the show. I love seeing your takeaways from the episode over on the gram. So be sure to tag me in your stories at Shine with Natasha. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. See you next time.